You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. Happy Monday. I was wondering if we could start this morning just by quieting our hearts, and I want to pray a prayer that's been around for a long time, the collect of grace. It's something I pray oftentimes when we have a town hall meeting with our community, and I, it's a wonderful centering prayer. Please join me in this. Please bow your heads. Lord God, almighty and everlasting Father, you have brought us in safety in this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome by adversity. And in all we do, in all we do, God, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I want to welcome everyone, uh, certainly want to welcome our guests. If you're a guest here at Asbury, you are welcome here. We're thrilled that you're here. I just want to start by briefly talking about John chapter 9, and you'll remember there's a, a famous story there of the blind beggar, and remember that people looked at him and said, who sinned, him or his parents, that he was born blind? And then Jesus heals him of his blindness, and it's this incredible thing. And everyone's like, weren't you the blind beggar? And so the Pharisees call him in, and they call in his parents, and they're trying to figure out what just happened. And then the question shifts not to whether he's a sinner, but whether Jesus is a sinner. And eventually in John chapter 9, they look at the blind beggar, and they say, well, what do you think? Do you think Jesus is a sinner? Who do you think he is? And he says these famous words in response, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. Here's what I do know. I was blind and now I can see. I just share that because when I look at what has happened over the last couple of weeks, whether or not this is a revival, a renewal, an outpouring, an awakening, I do not know. I don't want to lay labels on it so quickly. Here's what I do know. I know that we've been meeting together for 13 days. I know that students have come forward and they've given their life and made life-altering commitments here at this altar. I know that people have experienced freedom. I know there's been radical compassion and humility that we witness right before our eyes. I know there's been inconvenience I know that people have gone so far above and beyond to make room at the table for this historic thing that's happening here. That's what I know. I'm so thankful to you. I cannot say that enough. And if I have time in front of a microphone, I'm just going to say it again. Thank you. I'm so proud of this community. I'm so proud of our students. I'm so proud of our staff and our faculty. And I'm so thankful. I don't even know the depth of my gratitude because I don't know the fullness of what the Lord is working out here, but we get to be a part of it, and I'm thankful for that. 
I'm also so excited for our speaker today. Delvin Pikes, Dr. Delvin Pikes, works for Every Nation Ministries. He's here with his wife, Janessa, their lovely kids. His father is here. Uh, Delvin is an old friend, so I'm excited to see their family. I know that you're going to be very blessed. So please join me as we prepare our hearts for worship. Well, hello, Asbury. How are we doing right now? How many of you all are really, really tired? Okay. So I was asked to pray for us this morning, um, and as I was thinking about, again, this 13th day of revival, one of the things that has been standing out to me so much is how there are so many different forms of worship, um, and a lot of the significant worship that we have been experiencing in this has been what we just experienced, this music, um, singing and praise, but also just this recognition that prayer um, is such an act of worship. And maybe many of you have experienced really powerful moments of prayer, being prayed over or praying for other people in this room. Um, and I just want to acknowledge what most of you already know, um, that the presence of God that is in here right now uh, with us as we worship and listening as we pray um, is everywhere, is in your dorm rooms, is in your classes, is outside with the people waiting to come in. Um, so I'm going to pray publicly for us, but if you would like God to hear you right now, if you would like to hear from him, then talk to him yourself um, in this moment. He can hear you in your heart, your fears, your thoughts, your questions, um, the same that he hears my voice. So let's pray together. Jesus, we are so thankful for what you are doing here. Um, God, not a single one of us in this room can even know or understand everything that you have done. Uh, we can only look at where you have touched our own lives um, and the lives of those that we are close to or that we care for um, and see the pictures and see the articles and see, hear the stories um, and marvel at what you are doing. Um, and God, I believe what I just said, that you are the same God that we have known as long as we have known you, as long as we've been following you, um, that you are the same God who is working now that has worked before um, and that will continue to work in us as we go forward. And Lord, as the world is turning to Asbury right now, as they are amazed by what they are seeing and drawing in to experience this for themselves, um, I pray that the students in this room will not feel forgotten, um, that they will remember your presence and what they experienced, um, especially a couple of weeks ago when this all began, um, and how close you felt then. Um, and I pray that many of them continue to feel that closeness, closeness now. Um, God, I thank you for our leaders, um, for the way that you have sustained them and helped them to manage and steward this space um, and their consistent faithfulness to care for our student body. Lord, I pray for those who are feeling lost, who are feeling unseen today, that they will be moved to go towards people who can support them, who can hold them up, who can love them. Um, God, that we will continuously turn to you while we are experiencing questions, while we are experiencing temptation, while we are experiencing confusion, um, especially if we have gone through periods of freedom in the midst of all of this. Um, Lord, I just pray for your love to be so felt and known um, by my generation that is sit sitting in this room right now, Lord, um, that we would have a fire for you um, and that we would love you with our whole hearts, um, that your love would be changing our lives and would shape how we look and live when this all ends. Um, God, I pray just for peace um, in this time when there is a lot happening on our campus, a lot of things that can produce anxiety. Um, I pray that these students would feel peace, would feel safety, um, would be able to pull away when they need breaks, would be able to rely on each other, um, and that we would continuously have trust in you, God, um, that you would be the thing that holds us steady, and that we would not forget your love for us. Jesus, we trust you with everything that is happening right now. And we love you because you first loved us. We pray all of these things in your name, Lord. 
Amen. We want to hear some scripture reading this morning. At the end of each scripture, I'm going to say, this is the word of God, and you're going to say, and we believe it. Romans 8, 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of God. And we believe it. Galatians 6, 9 through 10. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. This is the word of God. And we believe it. Psalm 61, 1 through 5. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. This is the word of God. And we believe it. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we, have, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which cleans so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of God. And we believe it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. This is the word of God. And we believe it. It's exciting to be here with you guys. My name is Delvin. I, I don't know about you, but um, I don't know what to say after such an abnormal time. Um, I, I know, it, I can only imagine the strange uh, moments you've had with awkward strangers walking across campus, talking to you, uh, sitting and invading your eating areas, um, showing up at all times of day and night, uh, maybe noises, maybe, uh, again, sharing parking spots with uh, beloved friends that you didn't know uh, would become family. Um, and I just, I'm so thankful for the stories that are going on around the world. And I just, just want to honor Dr. Brown, Sarah, all of the leaders, Greg, Mark, and Mark and Mark, and so many that have just labored behind the scenes. Somebody took me into the war room back there. And if you only saw the plays that have been drawn up on the board to try to serve you guys, and in a greater way, what we thought we'd never have to be talking about, serving thousands of people on our campus. Uh, so glad that, that God has shown up in the way he has. And I believe it's just the beginning. As I was praying about today, I, um, I started thinking about uh, my pet peeves. Uh, do you have pet peeves in life? 
I've got a, a short list I'll share with you. Uh, number one is repeating myself. So God gave me seven children. So I, I, I find I'm the chief repeater in my household. Uh, most of my life is refereeing and trying my best to uh, repeat again. What did you say? And then why? Okay, let me say it again. Maybe that, did, that didn't register with you. Uh, about your chores, about the things that you're supposed to be doing. Uh, another one of my pet peeves is not just repeating myself, it's losing anything. Uh, does anybody relate to that one? I, I don't know why, it just disturbs me when I cannot find something when I'm looking for it. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if it was lost for weeks, but now when I look for it, I get super frustrated and very um, lost and in my words, and, and actually use, want to use choice words, uh, when I can't find something that I've just been looking so hard for. And I, I believe in a lot of ways, uh, God has, has been doing something really unique in this hour. You say, man, what um, is, is God's uh, pet peeve? What are the things that he gets disturbed about? And I, I'll say it's the flip side of what I wanted to share with you guys this morning. It's because I believe, it, the, the real question today is, what is God doing in the middle of all this? There's so many things. There's, there's thousands of things. There's millions of things that he's doing in this hour. But I believe he, he is wanting you guys to receive something more than just your pet peeves being uh, disturbed. He's wanting to do something in your heart of hearts. He's wanting you to receive something from him. And the one word that God gave me to share with you guys it's inheritance. Inheritance. You say, man, I've come to Asbury and I've heard about revivals in the past and now I guess I'm living in one or getting to experience something that people have been praying for, telling me about, maybe grandmothers and aunts and uncles and sharing with me stories about 1970 or maybe 1953. And can I, can I appeal to you that even what you guys are experiencing is not just an inheritance for Asbury. This is, this is something even far before Francis Asbury, who this university is named after. I'm, 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 I'm voicing even something even further back than Jesus Christ himself. And I love how Paul puts this in Galatians chapter 3. He says this, So again I ask you, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So li listen to what he says. So also Abraham believe God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understanding that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and he announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. You say, no, I thought it was to Asbarians or to those that were in the revivals. He says, no, 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 no. Even before Jesus Christ, the gospel was announced to this guy called Abraham. And it says that this was the, the gospel announced in advance to Abraham all nations will be blessed through you, so that those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. You say, what has God been trying to do? He's been up to fulfilling his promises to one man named Abraham. And those promises are part of why we're sitting here today. God promised in Genesis 12 to uh, a 75-year-old man who had no kids, let me, let me give you the equation for that, that means no inheritance. That means that there was no one for Abraham to transfer the body of his work, all of the things he had labored for, 
all of that his family was known for, all that he had been trying to build and, and the reputation that he'd been working so hard for, and he had no one to give it to. And so when the Bible says that they're childless, he's saying that there's no inheritor for all that God has blessed Abraham with but God, who's rich in mercy, but God, who shows up in one person's life, and but God, who shows up on one campus on one day, begins to speak some things and do some things that no one had ever experienced before. And it, Genesis 12 begins to talk about these promises. It said that God told Abraham, listen, I am going to, he said, first he said, God said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I'll show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your, grain, your name great, and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I think in many ways, God's pet peeve is that there's a world that is waiting to be blessed and he's looking for a people through whom he can bless that they might be blessed. And God found a man, Abraham, and he says, you know what? I'm going to do some things in your life. I hope this week, has, it, it, those of you that have been uh, partaking and uh, receiving uh, really freshly from God what he has for you, I hope you felt blessed. Has anybody here felt blessed this week? Blessed by God's presence? <laughs> blessed by him speaking to you? And I'm sure Abraham, he's, he's in old age, he's, he's kind of ready to, he's in the cul-de-sac of life, he's ready to settle in and kind of end his days, so to speak, and, and settle for something lesser. And God speaks a word to him. He says, hold on, where you've been is not where you're going. What you have done to this point is nothing compared to what you're going to see me do in your life. And if I, if I could sum up what I feel like God wants me to say to you guys is that uh, really uh, an extra pet peeve I've, I've noticed of a lot of other people's. You ever seen somebody that, that can't spell things correctly with text form? One of the famous ones I always see online is, is your and you apostrophe R-E. People love to correct you. If you're that person, do not raise your hand. We'll pray for you later. <laughs> You've been harming many of us for years. Because I'm the culprit that's always putting your. And again, what I feel like God wants you to know is it's your inheritance and that you are an inheritance. It's that you're an inheritance and you're an inheritance. And that in this, in this what God told to Abraham is the same thing I believe he's telling us, that you have an inheritance in me. I want to bless you. I want to make you great. I want to do things that you would be shocked and amazed in your generation. Some of you are going to find yourselves uh, laughing at the people and places God takes you just to share about what happened this week, let alone what God's doing in your soul, in your life. Some of you are going to learn languages that you had never known before, you, people groups that you never cared about before, and God is going to drop the, the, a compassion, a concern, a desire for restoration and repair and renewal. You see, it, it, the, the cool thing about inheritance is it's all throughout the Scriptures, guys. God has been looking for people that he can allow to receive his inheritance and to also give that inheritance away. You say, Delvin, what, uh, what does this mean? I'm trying to grasp what you're saying. Let me put it in real simple terms. Uh, the inheritance that each of us has, someone else worked for. 
You see, the, the, the real danger when we start talking about inheritance is what happened in Luke 15. Is a, a young man gets really excited and says, you know what, I, I, I like this idea of inheritance. I like it so much, I like it more than my dad. And my father's here, but man, to go up in that, in that time culture to say, you know what, it's time for me to get my inheritance was a way to just spit in his face and say, I wish you were dead. I'd rather have what you have and what you possess than I would rather have you. And I would rather leave your presence and take what you have. And that's all that life is about. You see, the danger of inheritance is pride. The danger of, of what's happened this week is that we can go say, I, I went to Asbury during the revival. The danger of inheritance is that, man, somebody else worked for something that I received freely, and I was blessed by it, and it's just for me. You see, the, the humbling thing that even this week I've, I've discovered as I've continued to talk to people that have been here and students and, is all of this started out of deep humility. All of this started out of people repenting and coming to God and saying, God, it, it, your inheritance, I don't even deserve it. I'm actually a mess. I've, I've wasted your inheritance. I've tried to take what you had, but it didn't end well. It didn't end with me loving you more. It ended with me just destitute because I was serving myself. And, and, and I, I love the story even of not just what started on Wednesday, but even Tuesday night that there was a moment on this campus where people stood up and really confessed that, hey, this campus was a part of selling people. And there was a brokenness and, and contriteness of heart. And people's hearts began to be, be, be broken and a humbleness came into people's hearts. You know, I think in many ways, that's the ground for inheritance to be received. And I want each of you that are in here today to know that God wants you to receive your inheritance. But that is not just for you. Notice what, what God told Abraham, all the nations will be blessed through you. Just go let that sit, sit for a second. All. He could have just said, hey, a nation. Just one group of people, just one ethnicity, just one gender, just one, just one type of person. God goes audaciously to say that all would be blessed. You know, in Jesus Christ, every single person you ever lay eyes on is blessed. Through Jesus Christ, you know, in the Old Testament, one of the phrases about God is that he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We, we skip by that. You guys, many of y'all heard that for years. Yeah, yeah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're in Genesis somewhere. But here's the thing about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And again, all of this connects throughout all of Scripture. There's many adjacent words. Somebody read here about being an heir. Uh, somebody read about being adopted. Somebody read about being a son or a child of God. All of this has to do with being an inheritor of what God has for you. But the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you know, in reality, those are the wrong people to be a part of that lineage. We already talked about Abraham, but Isaac was actually not in line to receive the inheritance. He was not a firstborn child. It was actually Ishmael. The firstborn was supposed to receive a double inheritance. Deuteronomy 21 talks about this. They were supposed to receive double what the other kids get. Ishmael was not the one that God chose to kind of have the lineage go through. It was Isaac. And similarly with Jacob, he had a twin brother that he tricked and swindled out of his birthright. 
Again, birthright, firstborn, all these different things kind of coming together around this idea of inheritance. What does this mean for you? There's hope for every single person that we lay our eyes on. In Jesus Christ, God is wanting to adopt and bring everybody into the great inheritance of heaven. The thing about inheritance is it's not just some spiritual by and by. It's a reality right now. It's a physical, spiritual, and and, and familial inheritance. And, And God wants every one of us to possess it. He wants every person in every nation to have an opportunity to hear about this glorious God that we have been blessed by. And he wants us to be a blessing to all the nations. You know, I'm going I'm to pray here in a moment, but I, I just want to pray if you are ready to receive the inheritance that God has for you here and ready to let others know about the inheritance they have in Christ as well. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you right now. Because I believe today is about you receiving freshly that inheritance from heaven. So if that's you, go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to pray. If you would like to receive this inheritance from the Lord. Jesus, I thank you that you're good. I thank you that you're available to each of my friends here today, this, this, this wonderful campus this tremendous move of God. Lord, there's things that we've seen and experienced that we, we, many had only wished and prayed for. Some of us had no expectation or hope of it ever happening, but Lord, you've, you've blessed us. But Lord, I thank you. You've given us a rich inheritance in the gospel, the good news. And just like you told Abraham, he would be the father of many nations. He would, his descendants would be blessed, that, that you would bless him so much, Lord, that he wouldn't be able to hold on to it. It would have to spill out to everyone. You've done that in each one of these in Christ. And today, Lord, we, we freshly reach out to you saying, Lord, thank you for the way in, in meekness you've met us. Thank you for the way that in, in humility, Lord, we've gained strength. Thank you for the way that you have shown up by your spirit. Lord, you said, which is a, a part of our inheritance, a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. Thank you, Lord, that you are doing a work inside of every student in this hour, Lord, that they know not of, but Lord, is not just for them. There's so many that could not wake up and come and drive to Wilmore. There's so many that, Lord, they could not pray for themselves all last week because they're so bound up with addiction and perversion, with distraction, with insecurity. And God, I thank you that you're sending us and you're blessing us with your presence. Lord, I'm praying that these students, Lord, would grab a hold of the great inheritance they have in you, that they are co-heirs, that they are, Lord, your sons, your daughters, They've been grafted into something that they could not be a part of apart from you. And because of that, their inheritance is great. All of heaven they have access to. All that Jesus was a part of and doing, they can be a part of and doing. And Lord, I pray you would continue to send these far and wide to places others can't go so that those that don't know may know the great love of our God. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Asbury, as we sing this next song, 
Let it be your prayer to the Lord as we reflect that he is making all things new 